Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Man, I swear, you guys, 2020 just won't stop. It's been crazy. Like, literally just... I don't even, I can't even say these last few days. I mean, hell, the whole year has been just insane. But these last few days, there's been so much stuff going on. There's been so much stuff going on, not only here in America, but around the world. So many people in North Carolina woke up this morning to a huge earthquake. This is one of the strongest earthquakes in 94 years, and it shook up North Carolina. It went so far, people were saying that they felt it in Atlanta. Um, people in Virginia felt it, people in Tennessee. It is insane. It was a 5.1 magnitude earthquake that hit early this morning. So I woke up and I was just literally inundated with messages from people from the Carolinas because y'all know I lived in Charlotte for 10 years. So subscribers, friends, just different people hit me up, letting me know about this earthquake. So it's insane all this stuff that's going on out here. We've been talking about, you know, the strange weather phenomenons, all the fires. Do you know we're still in Leo season? All the water deaths, um, water deaths are continuing. Just yesterday, I had posted on Instagram that once again, Late Lanier was trending on Twitter. So if you guys do not know, two men were found dead on a boat on Late Lanier. And supposedly the generator um, caused a bunch of carbon monoxide to happen. And they both went to sleep and never woke up. So this story is very, very eerie. So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys both of these news clips. Go ahead and check this out. Many people abuzz today asking, did you feel it? They're talking about a 5.1 magnitude earthquake that hit North Carolina this morning. The quake hit Sparta, North Carolina, near the Virginia border just after 8 this morning. But people as far as south as far as south as Thompson, Georgia, and even Lake Harding in Alabama said they felt it too. Here's a look at a number of people who said they felt it across the metro. We're talking Marietta, Ackworth, Stockbridge, Decatur, Kennesaw, Sharpsburg. Lots of people were talking about this on social media. Tracy Amick Pierce spoke to a local seismologist about why so many people were able to feel the quake hundreds of miles away and if we could expect any aftershocks. At 8.07 Sunday morning, a 5.1 magnitude earthquake hit near Sparta, North Carolina. This baby monitor video shows it happening. Sally Gustafson says it woke her up in Watkinsville, Georgia, almost 300 miles away. I was sleeping and there was just movement enough to wake me up from my sleep. Seismologist Dr. Andy Newman says here on the East Coast, since the Earth's crust is less damaged, these waves can travel very far. Newman says aftershocks will probably happen from this earthquake. Now they could be another 5.1, but it's more likely they'd be no stronger than a 4.1 magnitude quake. Those aftershocks could happen anytime from this next month to sometime a next A tragedy year. on Lake Lanier after two men were found dead on a boat, a third taken to the hospital, 
vehicle. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office says he seems to have suffered from carbon monoxide exposure. The Sheriff's Office tells us all three men are part of the same family. They camped out on the boat last night and family members found the boat this morning and had to tow it back to Mary Alice Park. The Sheriff's Office says this appears to be a tragic accident. They say they found a generator on the boat and while it was not in an enclosed area, it was positioned so that the exhaust filled the cabin where the men slept. The Sheriff's Office is reminding people to make sure those generators are positioned so exhaust can dissipate safely. All right, so you guys just saw both those news clips, one about the hurricane and the other about Lake Lanier. And I did a whole esoterical breakdown of Lake Lanier about maybe two, three weeks ago. Um, you know, Lake Lanier has a very, very sordid history. It's a very spiritual place. Um, it was built over a town, a town that was owned by thriving. It was a thriving black community. So the spirits have not left Lake Lanier. And people from Atlanta, especially in the black community, they stay the hell away from Lake Lanier. There's been more deaths at Lake Lanier than any lake. I mean, it's insane, but people continue to go, you know, to each its own. But people need to be very, very careful. I mean, literally every other week, there's a death at Lake Lanier. And you don't have to be in the water to die. These guys weren't in the water. They were literally on their boat, and they still succumbed to carbon monoxide. That is a rare death, even in a home, let alone on a boat. So that just lets you know the power of Lake Lanier. And once again... I would stay the hell away from that lake. I don't know how many times people need to be told, wear a mask, arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor, and do not go to Lake Lanier. That was a meme I saw on Twitter. And it's the truth. You know, stay the hell away from Lake Lanier. Since 1994, there have been 160 deaths on that lake. So that should tell you something. Those water spirits don't play around those parts. So now in other 2020 news, um, there's been a lot of fires a lot of fires have been going on, and especially in the Middle East. So this morning, I also woke up to people sending me messages about a fire that went down in Kuwait. Late last night, there was a huge building fire that went down in Dubai. So it's been a lot of fires going on, and it's really scary, you know, just all this stuff. And from what I hear, Kuwait is a very, very hot country, and, you know, they do deal with occasional fires. But when you have fires occurring in Kuwait, Albania, Saudi Arabia, um, Dubai, then we had the blast in Lebanon, uh, North Korea, China. At some point in time, you have to ask yourself, this can't be a coincidence. It's just way too many fires that are happening. And people in those countries in the Middle East and Kuwait, even they're giving it the side eye. So it's very easy to dismiss it and say, well, it's just hot. You know, fires start during the summer. But not this many and not in so many different locations and not continuously. Literally every day since that bombing happened in Lebanon, there's been a huge fire or an explosion. So something is just not right. You know, like 2020 is not <laughs> 2020 refuses to take a break. It's not holding any prisoners. And it's really scary. You know, like we just got to stay prayed up because the stuff that's going on in 2020 just does not make any sense. You know, even I talked about the explosion that happened in Iraq that also happened um, about two days ago. And it happened at a food and electrical storage. And that's very disturbing because we've been talking for months now about food shortages around the world. A lot of food 
there's a shortage. I don't know how many more things this country can humanly go through. The very tragic explosion that took place in Lebanon on Tuesday comes on top of so many layers of crises that Lebanon has been undergoing. Lebanon was already a country in crisis. It went through 15 years of civil war that ended in 1990. But even now, tensions remain. The economy has been in a meltdown, with almost half of the population living under the poverty line. We've seen uh, a banking crisis that means you can't even get your money out of the bank. One of the highest debt GDP ratios in the world, one of the most indebted countries in the world, which means that we don't get basic public services. We're not getting the garbage uh, picked up in this country. We don't have electricity. We have 16 hours a day of of power cuts. It's kind of just like hanging on by a thread. We're just kind of living on luck. Um, And anything can go wrong at any time. This year, the situation in Lebanon became even worse when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, beyond the health crisis. It also threw people out of work. Now the explosions near Beirut's port and central district, which killed at least 135 people and injured thousands. Because of the explosions, the country might be facing even worse food security and poverty problems. It left a quarter of a million people without habitable homes. The central grain silo in Lebanon was destroyed in the blast, leaving the nation with a grain reserve that will feed people for less than a month. This is where the Lebanese store their grain for their daily bread. The Lebanese literally eat bread every day. It's called the Aish in Arabic, which means live. Now with the grains all gone and with the difficulty of importing anything and with the financial crisis that makes it impossible for the country to pay, for goods to be imported. Now countries around the world are stepping up to help the Lebanese people, like Canada, which gave more than a million dollars to the Red Cross to meet urgent needs like food and medical services, and is promising up to $5 million in humanitarian aid. Jordan also sent a field hospital to Beirut, setting up dozens of operating beds. Agencies with the United Nations have also been trying to coordinate relief efforts for some of the most vulnerable, like refugees. This is a longer-term economic crisis that's been going on for a few months. It's been fueling and brewing. And the consequences on every single household in Lebanon has been very deeply felt. Unplugged in, from the farm to the table, coronavirus threatening the global supply of food. With customers of restaurants and hotels slowing to a trickle, farmers are now flooding fields with spoiled milk. Livestock are slaughtered, but not for dinner, as processing plants shutter with workers falling ill to COVID-19. But it's a realignment of the food system that's happening right now. In East Africa, the lurking virus and the pandemic, but they are also doing battle against a second invasion of hungry locusts. I'm plugged in. Coronavirus, the global food crisis. According to the head of the UN's food agency, the coronavirus pandemic will push the world into a food pandemic. The World Food Program Executive Director, David Beasley, warns of multiple famines, in his words, of biblical proportions. VOA diplomatic correspondent Cindy Sane has more. Armed conflict and poverty are already forcing millions of people around the world to go to bed hungry every night. The World Food Program analysis shows also, due to the coronavirus, that An additional 130 million people could be pushed to the brink of starvation by the end of 2020. That's a total of 265 million 
people. Shortages also continue at grocery stores. Meat remains an issue because of certain processing plants closing temporarily. And there's also limited baking items and ingredients like yeast due to a surge in baking interest, according to the National Grocers Association. But paper goods and cleaning product demands have returned to normal. All right, so we asked some of our shoppers out there, have you been able to find everything you need in the stores? And it's been fairly split. 51% saying, yep, finding what I need, and 49% saying no. I went to Walmart the other day, and they literally had a sign, and they said, due to the egg shortages, you're only allowed to get one carton of eggs. There are food shortages happening all over, not just in America, but all over the world. So when I see fire and explosions happening in places where they store food and grains, I have to side-eye that. That's very nerve-wracking. And it's going to get worse, you know. Right now they're fighting to try and get people extended unemployment and things like that. You know, so it's it's really scary all the stuff that's going on. Um, we had the whole situation where a lot of these poultry and, and, and pork plants, because those animals ended up catching COVID or somebody in the plant had it, and all that stuff had to be destroyed. So that also caused a shortage. And then I talked about the dairy farmers in the Midwest, how because no schools were open, there was nobody to buy the milk. You know, they just had to dump out tons, tons of milk. They had to just dump it out and waste it. Because who wants to keep, you know, spending money to pump these cows and there's nobody to buy the product? So, the, you know, it's just this is just a trickle down effect. Like I've been saying from day one, this whole COVID-19 situation is as much of an economic issue as it is a disease. And I think the economic impact of this, I don't even know if the world, not just America, will be able to bounce back from this anytime soon. Everyone is basically suffering right now globally. You know, either you're you're dealing with the disease or know somebody with the disease or being affected by it, or it's the trickle-down effect. You know, being out of work, or if you're working, having to, you know, keep a mask on. I mean, it's just a lot of just stuff going on in this 2020 that's just like, it's so unnerving. You know, everybody's sleep pattern is off. Everybody's up. We're just waiting for like the next big thing to happen. So now on top of all the fires, I also want to touch on the mental health of people in 2020. And I've talked about this from, you know, for months now, how this conditioning of not being able to see loved ones, not being able to see, you know, your nieces and nephews and grandchildren because everybody's so scared of catching this disease or potentially giving the, you know, disease to somebody else. But it's not normal. And one thing I had stated on Instagram a few weeks ago is I hate the fact that, the, that they keep pushing this idea that this is the new normal. It's the new normal to wear gloves. It's the new normal to wear a mask. This is not normal. There's nothing normal about all of this shit that's going on. To me, this is the new abnormal. It's very abnormal that I cannot see my little nephew when I want to. Okay, he's now five months old. And the fact that I've literally had to watch him grow up on Instagram as opposed to watching him grow up in real life. It just it really hurts, you know, just to be honest with you, it really hurts, you know, but it's like you don't want to put these kids at risk. And, you know, these are little babies. So you want to limit who all comes to your home and who all comes to see your kids. So it's it's not normal. And then I've had a few family members who have gotten COVID. I've had two uncles in Nigeria 
die of COVID-19. So I'm not saying that this is um, not real. I'm not saying don't wear a mask. Oh, trust me, I know it's real. I've dealt with COVID deaths here in my own family. You know, so it's definitely real. But the whole situation is definitely not normal. Everything about what's going on in 2020 is very abnormal and very unearthing. And one thing I want to hit on is also the mental aspect of it. And last night, um, Azealia Banks, she took to social media. And basically, this was a this was a cry for help. You know, and I've always done stories on Azealia. You know, and she's done a lot of goofy stuff throughout the years. And she's done a lot of um, attention-seeking stuff throughout the years, for sure. You know, but in these days and age, in 2020, I don't want to be dismissive of anybody's mental health situation and what they're going through because I know what I go through you know what I'm saying so I don't want to be dismissive of anybody if we can sit here and handle Kanye West and his bipolarism and his you know breakdowns and his crazy tweets if we can handle him continuously with, with cotton gloves and say oh you know Kanye's going through something we can give Azealia Banks the same benefit of the doubt you know we're so quick to just dismiss the feelings of black women is irrational, you know, attention-seeking, um, crazy rantings. But then when it comes to other people, it's like, oh, man, you know, we, we definitely got to handle them with kitten gloves. So Zillia Banks took to um, her Instagram stories yesterday, and this is what she wrote. She said, yeah, I think I'm done here. This pandemic Extreme lack of social interaction, no intimacy, combined with constant public ridicule, is making life harder than it's worth. I think I will end my tenure on earth soon. Then she says, I'm not begging for attention or asking for sympathy slash empathy. I'm just ready to go, peacefully, of course. I will document my last times and release a film for you all to finally understand me from my perspective. My soul is tired. I'm ready to go. Please don't bombard me with messages. I am not in pain. I'm at peace. So that is what she posted. She's still trending on Twitter. Like right now, she's still trending. So a lot of people are extremely worried. I hope and pray that people who do know her, people who are close to her, are not just dismissing this as the rantings of a, you know, of, of an attention seeker. Um, like I've been saying for months, check on your strong friends. Many times black women have that trope, and I hate that trope, of being, you know, the strong black woman. And we're not any more strong or weak than any race of women. We're just women, okay? We break down, we cry, we go through emotional issues, we go through things like any other race of woman. I hate that strong black woman trope. Because in these day and ages, with the stuff that we're seeing, with the things that we're going through, a lot, and especially with a lot of women being naturally spiritually in tuned, that strength <laughs> is draining. This has been a very draining year. So I suggest that you check on all your friends, even the ones that you think are strong and they're handling it. And, oh, well, they, you know, they're still working and they're still able to pay their bills. They're good. Even with the ones who are working and the ones who do have income coming in. It doesn't mean that you're resting any easier because your heart hurts for those who don't have it. Your heart hurts for those who are struggling, you know, so it's it's really sad. And the other day she cut her hair 
and I did a video on that. And I thought, you know, it was more or less like a fashion statement, a new look, you know. And sometimes when people shave their hair off, it's just to, they want to free themselves. They want to free themselves and start all over. You know, Erica Badu did it back in like 2001, shaved off her hair, let it grow back. Um, Sanan Lathan, you know, Tiffany Haddish recently, Britney Spears. So a lot of women have just, you know, shaved off their hair. But now that I look at it, maybe she was trying to say something by doing that on camera. Maybe she's going through something. Because when Britney Spears did it, it definitely wasn't a fashion statement. It was because she was going through something. She was trying to break away from her father's grip. She was tired of being made to be a stage puppet. And we see where she's at now all those years after she shaved off her hair. And so maybe Azealia Banks is going through the same thing as well. So I, you know, like I said, I hope that people reach out to her, people who are close to her, and they embrace her and, you know, just try and help her. Now we have some breaking news. As of two hours ago, Azealia Banks came back to Instagram and basically stated that one of her friends did a welfare check on her and she's doing better. She also went on to post the following she says, I'm fine, I'm better than ever. And then she showed a picture of her with um, a blue wig on. And there's um, a mermaid Orisha in the background. And she also has on like a sailor's anchor piece of jewelry. And then she also goes on to address the fans and say that she doesn't want people caring about her when she's going through things. So y'all go ahead and check this out. I just had a friend come to the welfare check on me. I'm fine, I promise you I'm fine. Like, I'm not scared. But my decision is made. <laughs> you bitches are so fucking funny. Like, you bitches are really funny. Like, really fucking funny, you know? Like, y'all reaching out to management and all that other shit under the guise of concern, but really it's just a story grab, bitch. Get the fuck out of here. Like, even if I, even if I do decide to fucking kill myself, okay? Treat it like how you treat everything else, Azealia Banks. When Azealia Banks drops a new song and you don't post it, bitch, if I decide to kill my fucking self, don't post it. Don't post it. Don't write no think pieces. Don't do none of that. Ignore it. Ignore it. Just like you ignore it every other fucking time, bitch. Ignore it. Just like you ignore it all the fucking time. What is this obsession that y'all bitch? No, but for real. Don't express concern for me when I'm down. You know? Like, when I'm down, like, that's because I'm down. <laughs> like I'm down support me when I'm up you know you wanna y'all wanna have all these conversations about black women's mental health and all this other shit like support me when I'm up bitch support me when I'm fucking feeling good you know support me when I got a smile on my face don't just give me support when I'm like crying and I'm down in the dumps and like you know, after y'all done ridiculed me and, like, made fun of me all fucking year and made me the laughing stock and all that other shit. Like, don't support me when I'm down, bitch. Because that's kind of where y'all put me, you know? It's like, support me when I'm up. 
bitch. Support me when I'm putting new music out and when I'm exploring my creativity and when I'm doing all of those things to like free myself from whatever shit, whatever like cage that I feel locked in. Support me when I'm like trying to get free, bitch. Don't support me at the end. Don't support me at the end. Don't support me at the fucking end. (laughs) All right, so you guys just heard that. So clearly she's feeling better. You know, and it's so easy to drag her and say, once again, she's looking for attention. You know, people are tired of her antics. This is not the first time that she's, you know, alluded to wanting to kill herself. At the end of the day, I'm glad she's okay. You know, um, but I still feel like she needs some type of mental help counseling, just like with Kanye. I think they both need to go seek help. They both need counseling. They both need to get whatever they're going through, whatever childhood traumas they have. They need to get it off their chest. You know, going to social media and just, you know, spazzing out, um, alluding to suicide and just doing all types of crazy stuff, it's not going to help the situation. After a while, it's going to turn into the boy that cries wolf. And if she keeps doing it, people are going to ignore her eventually and not really come to her aid because she constantly does this. So I just hope that Azealia Banks gets the help that she needs. And and I just hope that she's really fine and she's able to fight whatever demon she's battling. But like I said, I'm glad she's okay. If I can leave you guys with any message, be good to each other. Check on each other. And stay prayed up because this year is no joke. So anyways, thank you guys once again for joining me on this Sunday's podcast. You guys enjoy your day and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.